Hi, everyone. Welcome to an episode of um, Orthopod. My name is Mo Bendari. I'm the editor-in-chief. And today I have a, a sobering discussion, a discussion that's going to help us tr truly try to understand the healthcare implications and specifically the orthopedic implications um, of a recent crisis, uh, specifically in Lebanon. I'm here today uh, with Dr. Fadi Zin Al-Albin, who is the chief of orthopedic surgery at, at Najjar Hospital, and uh, he works currently uh, in Beirut. Lebanon. Welcome, Fadi. Thank you. Uh, can you speak maybe just in, 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 a, in a brief moment, can you just give us and our viewers and our members of Ortho Evidence a context to what's just happened? And then maybe we can speak a little bit about to the impact and what you perceive as the ongoing need for healthcare resources, uh, specifically in Beirut. Yeah, uh, definitely. As you know, it's a, it's a big disaster happened, and uh, it's a tragedy seeing all these uh, uh, people dying and injured just in in a second. So uh, imagine your hospital uh, uh, with more than four thousand patients injured, and even more, and your emer emergency were flooded with. Uh, 300, 500 injured each hospital, and uh, you don't know what to do with all of them. Your team, even at 6 p.m., you know, in the hospital at 6 p.m., the team is not no. uh, all the team ready, so you have to, to bring all the, the medical teams, especially with difficulties that roads are blocked with uh, uh, things uh, flying and uh, from balconies, uh, buildings, uh, on the floor, so yes. it was really difficult to 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 move. So it was uh, it wasn't easy. So you had to manage with this a small team of two or three uh, uh, residents with one surgeon on yeah. call and uh, with the 100 200 patients for each hospital. So it was a real disaster. We are not talking about the dead people. And when, when I say injured, I'm not talking about small sharp nose just going inside the, the hand. We have uh, uh, hands cut, uh, legs cut. We have the deep wounds, the bleeding. We have people coming with their stomach in their hands, uh, people uh, with, uh, with uh, holding their fingers in the other hand. It, it was a really a tragedy. So uh, it was a really a mess uh, having all these uh, patients together. Uh, with the small teams, but with uh, after like half an hour, okay, we were with uh, more teams uh, working all together. So what happened? You know, you you have stock in the hospital. You have stock to to for your daily surgeries, your planned surgeries. You know how much you use in the hospital. Uh, like, let definitely you say, okay, I used. 200 bucks of this antibiotic. I, so you keep like 300, but having all these patients all together, uh, they will take all your, your stock. And uh, definitely one other problem that mainly our stock is present near the port area where the destruction happened. So all the stocks were destroyed. And uh, definitely this is not the only problem because we had this uh, financial crisis before and the corona problem. 
So we really had a little stock just like to survive. We were on surviving mode. And then this happened, it was really uh, bad. So we, we were in shortage of uh, any kind of medication, antibiotics, any, any products for, uh, for surgeries, plates, screws, uh, external fixators, all these needed for emergencies. And even uh, we, we, we lack of supply for uh, suturing, all types of suturing, uh, even the basic ones like uh, staples and everything. So, I mean, when you, if I just take you as just a step back, did you, like, wait, did you, did you personally just know something had happened? Like, when did you, from the moment that you said, okay, something has happened, there was a, I imagine all through Lebanon, there was almost a shockwave that went through. So something bad had happened. From that point, how quickly did you, how much time did you have before you had to really organize the surgical side of things? Because you, I can't imagine, as you described, the number of victims coming in and then you know, you're into a mass casualty scenario. I mean, we often think about it. And you know, I know you've done lots of work with AO Group and you've done lots of work in spine and trauma. Spine and trauma injuries from, from ballistics are gonna be very common. People are thrown, people are injured. Uh, there's gonna be all sorts of musculoskeletal injuries. Some are just gonna be life-saving. Yeah. Some are going to be limb saving and some are just going to be managing open wounds. Yeah. How much time did you have to organize all this from the moment you knew something terrible had happened? Uh, I, I, to be frank with you, what happened is a big, big explosion in all Beirut. So yeah. whether you, you live in any area in, uh, in Beirut, you will think that this uh, explosion happened in your building. Got it. So it was really in, in a second, you you see everybody just injured in the street. So wow. it was really just like hell opened its yeah. doors. So it's in, a, in just one second. Everybody was just running to the hospitals. They know there is a hospital here. They were running to the hospital because all the streets were blocked. So each one was going to, his, uh, to a nearby hospital. The hospitals in this time, after the explosion, they lost their electricity. So yeah. people were entering the hospital on a dark. It was 6 p.m. So it wasn't very dark because with the, uh, at 7 p.m. we have uh, no more lights. So it's, uh, it was really bad. So we have to wait for generators of the hospital to, to start on. And uh, it was all hospitals has no more have no more glass on them. Uh, just the windows broken, doors broken. So the hospitals were injured. We had to treat the, the patients from the hospital, inside the hospital, the workers of the hospitals were injured. So uh, it was just like a, a big problem, a big mess. In just one second, you were not waiting for people to come because you had the injured people inside your hospital. Right. So it's right, not right. Really you were immediately bad. working. So, so as, as chief of orthopedic surgery, um, I would imagine, I would imagine, Fadi, that I mean, the, as we've talked about, right, injuries are going to be one of the primary um, issues in those who survive. Um, it's a yeah. tragedy at best, but those who survive and get to you, how do you then organize as chief of orthopedics what's going to happen in terms of you know, triaging? Now, I know there are many standard approaches to triaging and mass casualty approaches, 
many of us never have to think about it. But yeah. when it happens suddenly, even if you have protocols, things go completely out the door, yes. as sure. you can imagine. So I'm just curious to the extent that you feel like sharing uh, that storyline, what, what was going through your mind and how were you thinking about, okay, what do we have to do? How do we prioritize? How are we going to manage with the injured and limited um, healthcare force right now? Yeah, we, we learned we learn during our residency and our medical studies that triage is very important. As, and like you said, it's easy to, to learn about, but really when a disaster happened, when you see uh, just a, a man holding his kid uh, uh, coming, running to you, uh, and he's fighting for his son, maybe it's a small injury and you have bigger injuries. And then, you know, as a parent, he's uh, in... Uh, He's away of his mind, he's not thinking. So you, you need, at this time, social and uh, more tough triages, just like you have to be tough with them. Just, okay, there's someone more injured than you and someone need our care. People are dying, people are uh, bleeding. Some people will die if we don't stop their bleeding. Even uh, your, uh, your son is, uh, is younger, but definitely there are responsibilities here and you have to to help everybody but we we had to to divide between uh, surgeons and residents to take the the less injured uh, victims and maybe nurses for just like uh, cleaning injuries and triaging and uh, this did you have at any point um, have healthcare providers leaving the hospital environment and heading into the streets and trying to help directly on the streets. I would imagine that because there's so much injury on the streets, who's helping with that? Or were families just bringing people in? Like, I mean, the hospital would get inundated, would get inundated very quickly. Um, and I would imagine that you would be completely overwhelmed very, very quickly outside of the overt chaos that is, you know, in any horrible crisis, uh, such as an explosion. Uh, definitely, uh, we have a Red Cross team very, very active in uh, in, in Beirut, and they are be they were really helpful to to come and help some people on the streets. So their team were just like uh, everywhere in in Beirut streets and civil defense. We have this uh, too in Beirut, like Red Cross. So we had many uh, teams working on the streets. And the hospital teams were working just in hospitals. We were divided between surgeons in operating rooms and uh, residents in uh, emergency rooms uh, to, to do the small uh, minor surgeries and nurses for uh, cleaning wounds and uh, triaging. Uh, if, uh, if so, I say so. so now it's been a very short period of time. Um, you know, I imagine there's still more casualties being uncovered and still more work happening and people still now coming in. What is the, what's the current healthcare capacity right now for you? Like, so now since some of the, you know, some of the immediate crisis element, I'm, and I'm not undermining the fact that you're not in an ongoing crisis, but what's happening now that you've had some hours, you know, of trying to save those who can be saved and help those who can be helped? So what's happening now? Uh, after helping uh, many people, do you know some people that had uh, less injuries or just like minor injuries, so they prefer to stay at home yeah. and avoid uh, going on the streets which were blocked, totally blocked. 
Yeah. And uh, they said, okay, it's this minor trauma. It's a bone contusion. It's a, a something hit my back, my neck. So these patients are, came today. Yeah. So they came today and uh, for less emergency uh, cases, but we were still seeing patients with some people having uh, uh, cut tendons and uh, small wounds. We were continuing these surgeries, and uh, but less than yesterday. It's not like uh, hell uh, yeah. of yesterday. Right. And so what does the future hold? And I mean, by future, I think I don't, we're not looking at months, we're looking at the next few days. No, I mean, what, days. yeah, yeah. So what for you is the, I mean, you said that there was a shortage of all kinds of equipment, all kinds of basic fundamental things. Um, yeah. Are there, are there plans or are there situations now where you get access to that? Or is there, is there anything that is lacking right now that you need urgently um, and that hopefully other groups and other people who might see this can be, you know, working very carefully and very fast to get you that information or to get you that uh, equipment you need. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I will tell you from two perspectives. As sure. uh, as orthopedic surgeon, we we need this uh, plate and screws and uh, uh, and we need. Uh, uh, external fixators and we need the uh, sutures and these are really mandatory uh, and uh, needed because if you want to make an order now for any company to bring you it yes. will take definitely uh, a minimum two weeks or three weeks and uh, we, we are getting we got some help like on the other side from uh, Kuwait today but it was just like the basics like betadine and some uh, goals and uh, these uh, we needed them because definitely we used you used tons and tons of uh, these uh, products yesterday got it got it and so um and there's no shortage of broader needs outside of orthopedics i imagine there's even just basic needs that need to be sorted out as well do you know medication. what those are yes. medication medication antibiotics okay. And the big disaster was in the, the cancer. Cancer, the whole cancer center was yes. destroyed in, in near the port area. So no more cancer medication. So it's a, a big disaster here. Wow. Okay. Okay. So there's there's lots of opportunity for uh, the world to come together here and do whatever we can to try to support uh, and help. Yeah. You. Um, how about um, human power? Human beings. Human healthcare. Uh, workers, how how is the health of, of of the system with respect to being able to continue to help those in need? Uh, I know you said many were injured themselves. Definitely, in, in Lebanon we have uh, let's say big manpower. We have we have a lot of doctors, we have a lot of nurses. We are not in shortage, uh, uh, if you want, uh, in this. But definitely, after seeing now. And now uh, the injuries and uh, what we are, uh, you know, we were treating like basic treatments. Yeah. The ABC need, but uh, definitely now with time, we will see more patients having amputations. We need these orthoses. Uh, we, they will have no legs, no, no arms. We need, we need these too, because these are not emergency cases, but they are need needed cases uh, to treat you know I, I almost think of it sort of the, you know to use the to pardon the expression but this is the second wave of healthcare resources that will be required which yes. will be the sequelae of the primary trauma care Definitely um, that true. is going to be required on that point 
you know, you mentioned a couple of times that already, um, you know, Lebanon has been going through as the world has, you know, with respect to an economic crisis. Um, COVID has not certainly gone away and we've been all trying to hopefully, you know, uh, expect for either a vaccine or a treatment, but ultimately we've been all, you know, uh, feeling it to varying degrees. What has this done, do you feel? Like, what do you think at this point as you clear from the fog of this crisis on top of, you know, a global pandemic, on top of the economic challenges already that you've been facing, what does all this mean right now for the next little while? Like, is this just one more challenge that you can overcome? Or is this one of those ones that becomes so devastating that it becomes hard to overcome? Uh, trust me, what I really think and what's happening and what I really feel that we are losing the capacity to bring the best to our patients. Now I'm not thinking I can bring the, the, the best plate and screws from these best good companies. So I have to look to, to less quality, to less, uh, to let's say like things I used to do uh, 20 years ago, but I'm yeah. not using anymore because of the medicine uh, and the progression and evolution. But now we cannot afford anymore this uh, uh, new technologies because they are very expensive now for us because our uh, this economic crisis uh, and plus the COVID problem and plus now what we have so even if I was giving this uh, opportunity for this modern medicine and modern technologies to some patients that they can afford let's say more uh, less than five percent mm. now even uh, with this, I, maybe it's, it will become a dream to have this modern uh, technologies. So it has been a big setback. And I, and I actually think that there's been many, many countries uh, and never in any way to undermine what's happening right now in Lebanon, because this is a tragedy. Um, but we are facing an unprecedented time. And I use that term you know, sparingly, but it's been used a lot. It's hard yeah. to imagine um, well, what's been going on. When you think about this, and maybe I'll, in closing, Fatty, I might ask you this, what can the orthopedic community do right now? I mean, if you're, you're speaking to your orthopedic friends, your orthopedic colleagues, what is the possibility at this point? What can we do uh, ultimately to um, support you, um, you know, as a colleague, um, support our colleagues and our um, and healthcare providers in Beirut and obviously br broadly in Lebanon. What can we learn and what can we do right now? Uh, definitely, we, we we learn we learn uh, we learn a lot, but we learn from our mistakes and from our and our experience and how to react quickly to these disasters. We put a lot of plans, but really, when you are on site. Uh, with this uh, destruction, it's not the same. But definitely, there is something in your mind, back mind, that will tell you how to 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 go, which way to go. And this is what happened. And within like uh, 10, 15 minutes, we regained to the track and uh, started to to the track. Uh, and uh, for what what can you do? Definitely, we, if you can help us with the with the, all materials that we can do to, to help our patients in acute phases like uh, phases like uh, these plates and external fixators that we still need in need and uh, 
and uh, prosthetic replacement later on and uh, uh, we need this orthosis what we will need soon in the second wave of uh, when we wake up from this uh, problem and definitely rehabilitation rehabilitation tools these patients all these injured patients will need the rehabilitation centers so we will have this wave let's say the third wave it will be with rehabilitation people seeking rehabilitation centers and they will not find enough okay you have few good ones uh, to to take care of these uh, patients and these victims but who's gonna support all this number of 4,000 injured and more coming. Every day we have, uh, every hour we have 100, 200 extra patients. So it's, it's really not easy. We have for let's say first wave, second wave and third wave of treatment. And it seems to me the orthopedic community is a robust one. It's one that, you know, where we have not just orthopedic surgeons, but we have our occupational therapists, our physiotherapists, we have our, we have our allied healthcare professions that work together. So, you know, we will do everything we can, Fatty, um, at OrthoEvidence to share um, this important message and to do everything we possibly can to connect you and our colleagues and our friends uh, in Lebanon as you go through and work through a very, very difficult time. Um, we feel for you, and obviously, um, we wish we could be there in support. I mean, the hardest thing is, you know, Thank seeing you. something happen and not being able to, you know, be on the ground to help as much as we possibly can. We will do our best, and I assure you, uh, you. that your friends uh, around the world are, uh, you know, very, very um, concerned about the well-being. And when things happen, we come to action, and we will do everything we can. Thank you so Thank much. You Thank you, Thank you Thank so you. much, Fadi. And again, uh, wishing you all, uh, the team, uh, also at the hospital uh, in Beirut, all the best as you continue to uh, lead and quite frankly, you know, uh, survive what is a very, very difficult time.